welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and welcome to Should You Learn Ericksonian Hypnosis? Why I Use Conversational Indirect Hypnosis, Made Famous by Milton Erickson, M.D. A teenage boy finds his burly father desperately trying and failing to push a reluctant cow into their barn. The young lad, weak from a recent bout of polio, comes up behind the recalcitrant cow and firmly tugs on its tail. The cow immediately heads in the opposite direction into the barn. Problem solved. That farm boy was Milton Erickson, arguably the greatest psychotherapist in history. He never founded a school of therapy, and many of his therapeutic interventions defied categorization. But Ericksonian hypnosis is the name commonly given to the particular style of hypnotherapy he used and taught. I like to think of Erickson as more of a discoverer than an inventor. Ericksonian hypnosis is more than Ericksonian. We don't talk of Newtonian gravity. Newton didn't invent gravity. What he did was identify, explain, and use the phenomenon that was already there all around us. Ericksonian hypnosis approaches have proved so effective because they are grounded in universal principles of psychology that are common to every one of us and pre-existed the birth of Milton Erickson. If you want to sum up Erickson's approach, you could hardly do better than to uh, call it targeted intervention based on clear perception of the current needs of a unique individual. He had no rigid protocol other than to pay close attention to the person in front of him and work out what would be best and what would best suit that person's needs. This called for acute insight and total flexibility. He was a master of the surprise solution, the universal hypnotic principle by which a sudden shock triggers the orientation response and makes us wide open to suggestion and learning. And he always knew what to suggest at that crucial moment of opening to learning. A shock is as good as a change. Erickson was once treating a young woman who convinced that her perfectly normal-sized feet were too big and ugly, had stopped going out of the house. Erickson engineered a home visit to the woman's sick mother. He was also a medical doctor. And while there, accidentally on purpose, stepped back on the young woman's foot. Remember, she believed her feet were too big. As she recoiled in shock, he said loudly, if only you could grow those feet big enough for a man to see. And in a single act, he focused her attention with the pain and shock of having her foot trodden on, reframed her idea of her feet being too large, and loosened up her ideas of her own unattractiveness to men. So how do you do Ericksonian hypnosis? One, focus on the bigger patterns behind the technique. When you can see what's needed, you don't need to theorize or overcomplicate. We teach therapists and counsellors the rewind technique, a very reliable and comfortable way to free people from their traumas and phobias. We also carefully uh, make sure that we teach the principles behind the technique. This ensures that if there is a need, the principle can still be effectively applied even if the process used might not even be recognised as rewind technique by a um, casual observer. 
but the principles are still working underneath. Learn about psychological principles so that you can focus on the bigger patterns that transcend rigid techniques. Number two, use the awesome power of implication. Erickson knew the difference between just telling somebody something, which can easily be rejected, and making them feel something new. The unconscious mind is hardwired to respond to subliminal stimuli through implication. For example, you can get someone feeling more relaxed without giving a single direct suggestion because implication does it all. So you might say, you know, when people start to relax deeply, they really begin to feel more comfortable. And when they do, they notice the breathing just begin to slow down. You're just talking here about other people, not the person in front of you, but we all unconsciously associate to other people. Three, take what you're given. Have you ever noticed how some therapists love to sprinkle their talk with jargon? Erickson was much more interested in learning about the language and interests and idiosyncrasies and idioms of his patients rather than confusing or intimidating them with his jargon concepts like timelines and inner child and all the rest of it. Jargon has its place, of course, but that place is probably not in the therapy room. Instead, Erickson was a master of utilization. Putting effort into really finding out about the patient allowed him to talk the talk of his patient and creatively form his approach around their current reality. For example, Erickson created a highly effective hypnotic induction based on how tomatoes grow for one patient who he worked with who had severe terminal cancer pain. Now, he had found out that the man who'd been um, a king gardener before he got sick and was particularly proud of his tomatoes. And this analogy worked for him because of the personal association. It might not have worked for anybody else. So to a soccer fan, we might talk about their goals or how we can kick off with a little relaxation so they can really start to get on top of their game. To a computer programmer, we might talk of updating their mind to run more smoothly, but you won't be able to do this unless you spend time learning the jargon that matters to your client, feeding their words back to them. Ericksonian problem solving existed before Milton Erickson came on the scene. So use these principles to transcend the limits of theory and increase your therapeutic and hypnotic effectiveness and creativity. So I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog.